Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the 16th day of July. I'm Paul, and we are in Mark chapter 13. Let's jump right in. We are in the eighth verse where Jesus is in the early stages of answering the question, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled. In verse 8, Jesus says, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places, and there will be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. Uh, the phrase, let's take care of, just do a little cleanup first. The phrase troubles is possibly a late addition. Our earliest Greek is closer to, there'll be earthquakes in various places and famines. Um, that might be neither here nor there. I don't think it changes too much in that verse. But there's also something that's worth noting in regards to the wording that would help a little bit, particularly coming from the Greek and then realizing uh, that the rest of the New Testament uses a very similar statement, and that is this. These are the beginning of sorrows, literally translated, these are the beginning of birth pangs. Now, you might remember that the Apostle Peter, in one of his early messages in the book of Acts, this is something you've heard me reference more than once, that Peter talks about God raising Jesus up, loosing the birth pains, because it wasn't possible that he should be held by it. That's in Acts chapter 2. That's on the day of Pentecost. He, he preaches that. And there's the first moment in the post-resurrection world where an apostle or a disciple makes the connection that the resurrection is like a birth pain. And that shows us that they viewed the resurrection as the birthing of something new. So the metaphor or the illustration of the woman in birth pain is not simply meant to convey pain, but to convey a pain that births something new. If you want to just talk about pain, there's a million other illustrations you can use that people would have understood universally. But in a largely patriarchal world, to use the illustration of a birth pain or a woman in birth in a world that is largely run by men, the illustration is not meant so that men can understand pain because no man understands the pain of childbearing. The illustration is to show that there's something being birthed, that it's the end of one thing and the beginning of another thing. And so when Jesus says, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes in various places, famines and troubles, these are the beginnings of birth pains, he's showing that when you start to see this stuff come upon the horizon, and remember, this is in their timeline, then you realize that there's a labor going on. And by using the phrase birth pains, he's conveying to them that the labor is meant to birth something new. Let me show you where this gets used elsewhere in the New Testament. I've already talked to you about Peter in Acts 2. But Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5 Verse 3 says, For when they say 
peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Here, once again, Paul uses the phrase labor pains upon a pregnant woman not as an illustration of how bad it will hurt. That would be the wrong illustration. You could have said as someone gets stabbed or as someone gets trampled by a you know, horse. Any, anything that would have conveyed crushing, beating, harm, pain, dying. But instead, Paul intentionally chooses labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Now, that allegory means that the woman expects the pain because the woman is birthing something new. The pain is also temporary so that something new can be birthed. So here's Peter using the cross and the resurrection using birth pains because the resurrection births a new man on the earth. Here's Paul using birth pains because the end, the day that's approaching is going to be the end of something and the beginning of something else. And they pick this cue up from Jesus who right here in Mark 13, 8 says these are the beginnings of birth pains. So it it tells us what they would have understood. When will these things be? What will the sign that these things will be fulfilled? They're not asking when's the world going to end. They're asking what the, is the end of the age. And for them, that's not the end of a cosmic system, but the end of an era, the end of what I like to call the mosaic economy, but really the end of the temple era. They've already had the temple era come to an end once, over 600 years earlier, when the Babylonians invaded and sacked the temple. And Antiochus Epiphanes IV stood there as the abomination of desolation, a phrase, by the way, that Jesus will borrow from Daniel in his Matthew 24 and talk about that when that abomination of desolation stands in, in the house. And, and that would have been a phrase that they would have understood from their past being reused in their prophetic future. Also, if you can place this within their timeline and you realize that it's a woman birthing, you'll realize that Jesus is prophesying there's going to be something that comes after this. And the something that comes after this is a Christianity independent from temple religion. And that happens after AD 70. Now, now there's some that want to take things like Mark 13, 8, and they want to use it anytime there's war, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Then they'll see an earthquake on the news or a famine and overseas, and they'll go, see, this is the beginning of the end. No. Those, in their time, was the beginning of birth pains. The earth hasn't been in pregnant labor for 2,000 years, but this happened within the timeline of the audience of Jesus. Now, we know this for sure because we know Matthew 24, but we're not in Matthew 24, we're in Mark 13. And the pronoun's going to shift directly to the disciples in the next verse that shows us all of this is about them, and we'll get there tomorrow. See you then. God bless.